Hello and welcome to the Saturday Night Live podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Gara. Marler, what a blessed day. What a blessed time it is. Cheers. I feel like we should be cracking some PBR right now. I've had a lot to drink. It's 2 o'clock, which is a lot of you know is 5 o'clock somewhere. No, not really. But yeah, you're right. And we're and it's both it's both of our vacation weeks. It is both of our vacation weeks. We will not spend as much time talking about that as much as we will talking about the SEC finally lifting its in-stadium ban of alcohol sales. We are already seeing uh, teams that are coming out and saying whether or not they're going to be selling alcohol in their stadiums in the general in the general seating areas, not just the luxury boxes. We'll get to the Georgia yeah, thing later. Get off your high horse, we'll, Georgia. We'll save that for the very end. But we have a lot to get to today. An alcohol, very alcohol-heavy episode. Alcohol Awareness uh, Week, guys. Strap it in. It kind of is. It kind of is. We have an introduction to winning and boozing, a great new new segment that we're going to incorporate that you did with uh, your good buddy Tyler Huck. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a, a Marler throwback that's been like revamped and refurbished. Yeah. That's going to be good. I'm you, know, you guys are going to really enjoy that. Yeah, it's kind of so. like your, your baby. It's it your is. Baby I appreciate you saying it is. It is. It's, it's uh, something I've worked on for like six years. I wouldn't say worked on. I've just done every week for six years. <laughs> um, I haven't been fine tuning it. Uh, yeah, we just talk about booze and football. It's, it's my sweet spot. So I appreciate that. I'm excited. Yes, so we will. This is this we thought was the perfect time to, to roll that out. Something that we've talked about in the past doing, and now something that we're going to get to do a lot more of. We're going to just talk about some of the implications, of course, that are going to come with alcohol in SEC stadiums. Some of the reaction to it. We're gonna we got some peak off season content from us that is beer related, of course. It might mean too much. Is you know I already alluded to it earlier. Spoiler alert: it's it's Georgia related. Yes. Um, but before we get to all that, let's talk about the reaction to this because. There were lots of them. Lots of people that are happy that their their school is just at least going to have the option to be able to sell alcohol in their stadium. And, you know, the SEC was the last Power Five conference to have this ban on schools, basically saying, we're not even going to give you the choice. And now that is finally lifted. Schools now have the power to decide whether or not they want to do this. And so the mixed reactions were... For the people that were supporting it, they're like, "All right, let's go! I'm so excited! More, more booze and you know, in in stadiums, this is finally going to feel like the perfect sort of atmosphere that I've wanted." And then there are other people who went in the complete opposite direction and are like, "Okay, more alcohol does not equal more. How, fun. how is get out of my more life. alcohol going to equal less problems?" Um, so there were a lot of reactions to this. Your initial reaction was what? Celebration, rejoice, rejoice! Like so, it just. Everybody that knows me, I know we joke around a lot about drunk Uncle Chris and all those things. I don't. I've gotten to the point now where I can't even say drunk Uncle Chris without slurring it. I don't. Did you see? You hear drunk that? Chris. Drunk Uncle Chris. Chris. No, but I mean, <laughs> and we joke around about it a lot. Like, it is not a secret that I enjoy drinking. You know, I have last year not as much during the games because we had to be a real grown up and, and work a job. If you go to a tailgate, that is fun, man. Like, you have a drink. If you don't drink, that's fine. But don't don't. I don't like that we went all Bible Belt on this thing, and we're like, you know what? It's not. It's going to lead to more problems. I, I like you or no? You said like it, more drinking is going to lead to less problems. Like I didn't know. I don't know if that's like the benefactor of it or like the the end result. Like it's just going to be an added luxury of your experience. It's going to be great. I've been arguing. I've been arguing for this for a while. Yeah. The SEC was just late to do this, and it's not as simple as like. Okay, let's just let's stop. You know, everybody should have freedom to be able to do blah blah blah. 
there was proof of concept and at places like Texas, Ohio State, West Virginia was like the first program yeah. to do this. Shocking. They did this like back earlier. <laughs> yeah, they did this back earlier in the 21st century and they were actually did, you know, the studies on whether or not incidences are going up or down and yeah. they're, they're going at a lot of places they're like they're going down. Come to West Virginia, and, buy a bottle of moonshine hidden in a Diet Mountain Dew bottle and if, you know, yeah, like the couch burnings definitely went down this past 20 years, I would think. The numbers definitely show that. Yeah, exactly. I, I did it. I did intense studies about the couch burnings <laughs> in Morgantown, um, but that's the, so. That's the thing that I keep coming back to is that we have this proof of concept there, right. and there are a lot of things that led to this decision. I think people look at this and they say, "Okay, we know why universities and athletic directors are doing this. It's because college football attendance continues to dwindle. SEC attendance is at its lowest point since 2003, and you're looking at a situation where where can we recoup some of that revenue back?" Yeah. And you only, this is your big revenue sport. You get seven, eight home games a year, whatever it is. And where can we make our money? And this is an opportunity, obviously, for universities to put another seven figures into their pockets, right. obviously, probably after year one, year two, when some of those sunk costs go in there. But you, you've seen it at places across the country, not just Ohio State and Texas. And Texas, by the way, that brought in like three and a half million dollars off doing this last year. All from Matthew and, McConaughey. Strictly, 100%. Those Lincoln commercials, they are paying for themselves, man. So there are there are benefits to this besides us just being like, hey, we want to be able to drink at games. Like, we want to be able to, like, have a good time. The SEC is, there are a lot of things that are going into this, and this was not just something as simple as flipping a switch. Right. I mean, there are a lot of regulations with this. It's only beer and wine. It's not like you're going to be having mixed drinks that are going to be, you know, poured at concession stands yeah. and taken back yeah, to seats in, heavy in hand. It's not an open. Yeah. It's not an open bar wedding we're going to for for fall Saturdays. Since, By the way, oh, uh, let me just say this. Let me. I don't want. I want you to keep going because you're making all good points. That's how we should have started this segment was you breaking down <laughs> the fine points of it before I go in like and let me drink, let me live. But I'm 18, old enough to serve. No, I'm kidding. But like, the if you're drinking wine, because beer and wine are available. If you're drinking wine at a game, let me stop you right there and tell you you're not at the right sport, and this this privilege is not for you. Go ahead. I would. I, would, I don't want to hold anybody back. I do. Wine. <laughs> Have a good little 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 chilled uh, Pinot Grigio or something like that. So, I mean, you know? sometimes after a tough loss, you deserve to be drinking a warm. I mean, hot Cabernet, just in your hands, because it's just to, to bury the pain, and you know. Everybody's wondering who's going to be the first the first team to like, or who's going to make the most money off this in year one. My my question: Who's going to be the first stadium to serve rosé? Now I'm all in on rosé. Frosé's even better. I love me some rosé. Yeah. Frose. Um, no, I mean, yeah. don't be afraid of wine. Don't be afraid of wine. Well, it's not such a bad thing. Rosé's different know? than like if some some a hole is going up to the stand and I'm waiting in line behind them. They're like, I'll do two glasses of Merlot. I, I'm I'm cutting that person and probably stealing their wallet. That seems like too much, but it seems also deserved. Y'all got any Riesling? <laughs> God. Oh, but don't get me started on that. It's too many too many horror stories. But yeah, I mean. Um, I, I think like when you brought up the fact with like Ohio State and Texas, like these are national brands that have found a way to incorporate this into their game day experience. I, it seems like a no brainer. I I can't believe the SEC is last out of the Power Five schools to approve. Well, this. it is the Bible Belt. Thing. Yeah, I mean let's 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 call it what it is. And like the SEC has an in game atmosphere to protect. Yeah, and I think that's what that's what really scared off a lot of people before, and why this did not have enough momentum from athletic directors until now. And we'll finally push came to shove and they realized, all right, everybody else is doing this. If 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 for whatever reason, like the results are just not there and if we're seeing 
in-stadium instances go up, yeah, actually, then then obviously you can you can say, all right, you know, we don't we don't have to have alcohol in our stadiums, and this is causing more problems than it's worth. Then then you can go back, but just be able to give these teams the right to be able to say, hey, we want to do this, we don't want to do this, seemed like a long overdue yeah. thing because there there are points with this that like. You know, we, we look at professional sports and we have found a way to, not all professional sports atmospheres are great. And I'm not saying that 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 everything is perfect and figured out 100%. But like, there the binge drinking that goes on at a college tailgate is, I'd argue, is unlike pretty much anything except maybe like a Buffalo Bills tailgate or something. <laughs> Buffalo Bills. I've told you this before. I've worked at a bar that was a Buffalo Bills bar before. And I remember showing up to work Epic. and there was it was like, we opened at 11, so we'd be there at 9.30 and they were already in the parking lot like... We went through 115 cases, like 12 packs or whatever, of Labatt Blue by the end of the first quarter. How many tables did you go through? I, dude, <laughs> they are on another level. But what I will say is this: like when you talk about the reasons why it, it should be allowed and all that kind of stuff, I do think it's definitely going to help make up for some of the money they've lost from attendance. I don't think it's going to entice anyone. I would hope you're not being enticed to go to a game now that they have alcohol. That's too much. Like if, if you're like, the, well, I can have three. Miller Lights at a at a at a game now or, or Bud Lights or whatever like inside of a stadium that shouldn't entice you to go to a game but it, it should recoup like you said like for some of the losses they've been making for for the attendance being down yeah and there is something to be said for wanting to you know the the stay at home game environment yeah. is better than ever with oh, like with TVs and and camera angles as good as they are right. with games on all day with the the wealth of channels that are yeah. available to be able to watch college football and literally not get off your couch an entire Saturday much like I do and right. you do there there are so many benefits to staying home and doing that and to think like okay we're we're going to try and do something that's going to maybe make that in-game atmosphere better right. now i understand there are a lot of people and i saw this from Ryan McGee, who I, I love and I respect yeah, a lot, guy. and I know Peter Burns respected. You know, we respect Peter Burns a ton, but they voiced their concerns about this and saying that this is going to cause a lot of headaches as parents of young kids. They're worried about this. Ryan McGee actually had a tweet, like in response to Peter Burns, where he said, "You know, we stopped it, we stopped taking our our girls to to night games a long time ago." It's like, okay, well, you stopped doing that a long time ago when there was dry stadiums. So now when it's right. wet stadiums, it's like what? <laughs> well, and so now I, I get like. I get the point. There are going to be people. You're not going to stop binge drinking on college campuses. Ever. Bottom line. Ever. Bottom line. And I tell you what, people have tried to do it to me, and I've I've said no. I've broken down those walls. No, like all jokes aside, like you're not going to stop that. If people want to binge drink, they will binge drink, especially at that age. What you will see is people not feeling like, and this is going to sound bad, but the need to binge drink if you right. want to drink for a game. And that's listen, that's just something that happens at college football games. Like I'm not, it, I'm not saying that it adds, you don't need to have alcohol to watch a football game. You need alcohol for dancing, okay? I think we'd all agree on that. <laughs> but you don't need alcohol for a football game unless you're wedding an Arkansas fan too. or a Vandy fan. But yeah, wedding, wedding dance too. But like when you, when you go to a game and you have like the luxury of being like, you know what, like there are a lot of people that like to, get drink or get drunk for games and that's their decision and you know i'm not going to judge them for it but like if that is the decision you make you know what is going to happen this is something we've talked about off air you're going to have a lot less people feeling the need to binge drink and have that one last road beer as you walk in the stadium or take that one last shot or like we went to Ole miss last year steal somebody else's how many backpacks with with locks did you see at Ole miss last year because of that's all the people true. that were stealing booze and stuff like that which I would assume that number would go down if if you're if you're adding like the luxury of being able to get an a, a beer or two inside or eight. Yeah, I've I've been there before. Like I remember what that was like freshman year of college, where 
I'm like, okay, I'm, I need to, I, we, you know, that's a different time in my yeah. life. But, you know, you're doing what you can at that tailgate to make sure that you're maximizing your opportunities. Yeah. And there are certain people who, like, <laughs> it's not going to change the person that just wants to be a drunken idiot. Right. And just wants to show up and ruin everybody else's good time. Exactly. Like, that, that's that's not going to change. That person is probably sadly still going to be there to a certain extent. But if it can de-incentivize some of that, yeah. then it can potentially be a good thing. I saw one of the, this is one of the comments that bothered me. And this is just, I think this is just people being mad online to be mad online because they want to be mad about something. Crazy, right? I saw somebody say, if they had this while I was in college, I would be dead. Okay. (laughs) How much money did you have in college? Exactly. If you are one that rich where you can get drunk drunk enough to kill yourself off $8 beers, you're way wealthier than I could ever imagine. Light beer? I don't think so, Tanner. I mean, goodness gracious, like, that is, that's been, an absurd... Been Wrigley Field. I've been to Wrigley Field plenty of times. I've seen plenty of wealthy people not be able to get drunk off spending $70 right, at, right. at Wrigley. Like, <laughs> so I'm just like, the the notion that, oh, that's Sorry, the one thing that's holding so you back. Yeah, like, give me a break with some of that stuff. I think people are just reacting, like, some of the PC crowd that reacts that way, it's like, all right, what are we really yeah. getting mad at? No, I, I agree. And I think it's, it's one of those things, like, and again... I I I love drinking at games stuff like that. It, you are gonna have the next the next phase of this mad online thing is gonna be the prices, which I can't wait for. But you look at it now, like think about how many drunken idiots. Like there are there are literally companies and media outlets. I'm not gonna name names that have built an entire audience and and then sub audiences based off of drunk videos from college kids or not college kids going to football games, going to basketball games, and just like showing themselves because they've had. Way too. I don't mean that literally, but you know what I mean. Like, like drinking way too much. Like the, the Tennessee fan last year, they got escorted out because he was drunk and threw a, a coke, uh, like a what do you call it, a cup of coke at Saban. Remember, like you're gonna have idiots everywhere. That's not gonna stop. What this is gonna stop is, like we said, the need to going into a stadium, having one more beer, having one more shot, rushing to like down as much alcohol as possible because you know you have to be sober for the next three and a half hours. You know what? This is also no coincidence whatsoever. But I'm just saying this new craze where quarterbacks get put on the jumbotron and they've got to chug a beer. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if certain quarterbacks, Stephen Garcia, yeah. make it back to an SEC stadium and they get put on camera, now they can legally drink, right. and there's nothing wrong with that. So we've already we've crossed that bridge. I was worried. I mean, for he a was couple drunk weeks, for that Bama had... game in 2010. I'll, I'll I'll go to my grave <laughs> believing that. But no, you're right. But like, oh, when you talk about like, like first hand, I can tell you right now. I remember going to the 2015 and 16 SEC championship game with my buddy Jeff and we had club seats where you could drink in the club Sick seats. Prague. Sick Prague. So we we got there and I remember I was like, oh my gosh, you can drink in these seats. This is awesome. So we, of course, we we max out and get the two per hand that you're allowed to have. So we have two drinks a piece of liquor going into the going to our seats because it's like that way I don't have to go back and get another one. You can only get two per person. And then they tell us you can't drink inside at the seats. You have to drink it out here in the concourse. Yep. So what are we doing during the national anthem? Just pounding vodka sodas like idiots. And then I don't remember the first quarter. I'll be honest, Connor. I don't want to have that experience anymore. I want to leisurely be able to go out right after, I don't know, Bama takes a 17 nothing lead in the first quarter, go get a beer, and come back to my seat and enjoy the game. But here's the thing. There are four schools who have already said this no. This is so stupid. And Bama's one of them. So uh, Ross Dellinger reported that the following schools have already said no. Bama, Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi State. Other, the other 12, I think, you know, that was bad math. The other 10, that was really bad. That was really math. bad, that's yeah. Okay. Um, even numbers, whatever, got messed up. The other 10 are, are still considering it, and I, I have to think that it 
at least half, probably at this LSU point. LSU better be sprinting we'll be to the to like be first in line to say yes to this. I mean, it's like the Bama thing. If we're going to outlaw alcohol at Bama games, we're also need to outlaw jean shorts from some people that shouldn't be wearing them. Sometimes it looks like I'm going to a damn Six Flags episode when it's just hot in July, and there's a lot of stuff I don't want to see, Connor. I'd rather see people drinking and having a good time. You know what I'm saying? How did how did that turn to jorts that quickly? I just there's a lot of there's a lot of inner thighs <laughs> and stuff like that that are at games. I think that should be outlawed well before Bud Light. But the Georgia thing too bothers me because I'm just gonna say this: get off your high horse. How how like pretentious did Georgia get all of a sudden? Like drinking with their we're pinky getting in that the air. later. We're getting that later. Don't trust you me. Got a dog I'm with an air conditioned doghouse, man. It's sitting on ice. We're- we're saving that for, for a little bit later. Right now, you know what? Why don't we kick it to uh, the winning and boozing segment that you did with Tyler Huck. Yeah. Great stuff. Do you want to just tell, tell the, give, give the people a little background about what you did this week, yeah. what you're going to be doing with it moving forward? So um, I'm gonna, you're, you'll hear it in a second with the interview where I sputtered through about a three-and-a-half-minute intro, so just feel free to skip through that. The pros make it look so easy, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, I, I, you, know, I, you guys know I can't host. Um, but no, so basically what it is is this actually means a lot. I want to say thank you to Connor for letting it allow it to happen. And some of the other powers that be and stuff like that because I've been working on this since 2013. Um, it's called Winning and Boozing. It's something I've done like on a weekly article basis where I compare uh, each individual matchup to and like like for games throughout the season in the SEC um, and then say what booze you should have at each tailgate. And it's all supposed to be in good fun. It's mainly just me talking blank. Um, it's not supposed to be taken seriously, but we really enjoyed it. So what we did for this one was we we made the signature cocktail for each and every stadium in the SEC. Now that drinking is allowed. At some of the fun places. Yes. So, I hope you guys like it. Strap in. There's going to be some feelings hurt, but just take it for what it is. It's supposed to be fun. All right. Marler and Tyler Huck, Winning and Boozing, Part 1. Let's go. All right. We're now joined with a very special guest, Tyler Huck. Good friend of mine, avid Florida State fan, um, and an expert on what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Tyler, how are you today? Thanks for introing me as the uh, the booze expert. Appreciate that. You well, know. I didn't get to that part yet. You you just introduced yourself with that. So thanks for nothing. I'm the booze expert. I think we'd all agree with that. That's true. Um, so if for those of you who don't know, Tyler, like I said, good friend of mine. Um, we've known him for years. Uh, this week's topic we've talked about on the podcast, um, and you've seen throughout the news, the SEC lifted its ban on alcohol sales in the stadium. Why that's important is this. So we've debated on whether or not we're going to do this topic. I'm very passionate about it. Uh, I've written an article about it. We've uh, done other things involving it. Um, I've called winning and boozing in the past. Uh, I've been doing this since about 2013, where I did a weekly article talking about um, each SEC game matchup, all that kind of stuff, and what booze should be drank at each tailgate. Now we get to do it like kind of like in real life because it's they have finally lifted the ban. So this is a good friend of mine. He's actually um, hosted a podcast with me before. I'm just gonna let you let you take the reins here. What what are you opening over there, sir? This is a classic city lager. Okay. Uh, it is from the great the great city of Athens, Georgia. And now, why that's important is this. So, what we've decided to do is instead of listing off, um, I don't know, the different booze you should have each tailgate for games, we are going to give a specific drink, a cocktail, or whatever you want, an alcoholic recipe for each stadium in the sec that is what tyler and i are going to do are you ready tyler i am and and if i could say i i think when i think of like a an lsu night game all i can think about is we need more alcohol (laughs) yeah that's that's fair (laughs) well i mean like i I mean we're not going to get into why they did it but yeah i mean i think i think lsu fans would say that absolutely i mean they would slur it that would that would definitely be what would happen don't slow it down brother (laughs) the train is a rolling 
Um, no, so like those of you that don't haven't haven't heard us before. So basically, like I said, we have um, we've <laughs> we've we've done this before with different games. We haven't done it with a stadium, so this will be pretty fun. Tyler, like I said, is a Florida State fan. Uh, you were in charge of the Florida one. Uh, and a couple other ones That's that you true. made the, the specific drink for. So without further ado, we're gonna just going to jump right in. The SEC West, every cocktail for every single SEC West stadium, are you ready? Which one do you want to start with, Auburn? Uh, it sounds like that's what you want to start with, so let's go for it. <laughs> let's, yeah, that's why I don't host, idiot. Um, yeah, let's just ease right in, just dip our toe into the water here. Now this Al- is uh, Jordan. Do you pronounce it Jordan here? I'm not going to get into this with you. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you kick this off because I know Auburn is, you know, deep in your heart as a uh, deep in my heart. Well, fine so we, institution. What we need to what we need to let everyone know on the, like right off the right off the bat is this is not meant to be like, "Hey, I'm Anthony Bourdain. Here's what you should be drinking on your trip to the plains if you ever down south in eastern lower Alabama." No, that's not what we're doing at all. What we're really doing here is blank talking pretty much every school it's supposed to be in good fun. Some of them will be serious, but for the most part, they're supposed to be all in good fun. Okay? So this is not something you're actually going to find on the Travel Channel. For instance, we'll get started with Auburn. Now, my signature drink, signature cocktail for Auburn, it's going to be a vodka water. I know what you're thinking. That doesn't sound that great. Specifically, vodka and holy water. Specifically, vodka from a Grey Goose bottle. However, not really Grey Goose. Probably something middle shelf, bottom shelf kind of poured into a Grey Goose bottle as like a facade because I feel like every single year we talk about how Auburn's going to be great and there's an elite team. They're going to be a top-shelf team. Really what it is, it's just middle-shelf liquor just kind of disguised as this top-shelf brand. And like I said with the holy water, sprinkled in with a couple miracles every now and then. That's Jordan Hare. That is your signature cocktail, vodka and holy water. I love it. Um, I want to I jump into Alabama. You know, we may as well go back-to-back here, Auburn, Alabama. Now, did you create one for Alabama? Because I know that I did. Yeah, I don't. I don't trust where you're going with that either. It's, I I had lukewarm Budweiser, okay, King of Beers, but it's like kind of stale. Like we get it. Like all right, yeah, cool. Just like room temp Budweiser, King of Beers. Okay, I, I want. I went with a little different spin. Oh god. All right, so I went. Have you ever heard of the beer Kona? Yeah, I love Kona. Big yeah, Wave. Kona Big Wave beer. It's an American blonde ale. Uh, it's in a Hawaiian beer, or so people thought. Uh. But look, it's a Hawaiian beer that people pay a premium for to bring over to the lower 48 states to enjoy, but it's usually outclassed by another American blonde beer, namely Trevor Lawrence. It's kind of messed How up. How did I do? Um, Was that good? I mean, your, your audio uh, You know, because like two is Hawaiian, plan. and everyone no, I, no, I, I got Yeah, I got what you did. But I don't then know. Trevor Lawrence in the game. Yeah, no, no, I got, like I said, I got what, what you did and why you did it. I'm not saying I like it. I'm not going to say that. But actually, you know, there's a lawsuit going on right now uh, because big facts here. Kona actually is brewed in Portland. Did you know this? No, I didn't know any of this. I don't know why you're even bringing it up. This is not a beer fact. Well, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because... (laughs) Oh, God. Is this not two as recruitment? there's There's a lot of people that are angry about it, so much that there's a lawsuit. They feel misled, just like people were misled that Tua was going to have Bama cruising through the playoffs. Everything you're doing, I don't like. And and if you want to cut this thing early, we will. I'll fight you off air right now. This is fine. Why don't we move um, to Texas A&M instead? Let's move to Arkansas because we'll just go in alphabetical order because that's okay. how things are done here. Okay? I, I don't know why I said that because Auburn, I went first with yep. Auburn. Um, Arkansas, I got a, little bloody Mary. got a little Bloody Mary action here, okay? 
Um, specifically, like, Bloody Mary's made with vodka, okay? Um, specifically, with bacon vodka. That's a real thing. Tyler, did you know that? Bacon with a K. I know, you know what? I think bacon vodka would be good in a Bloody Mary, and that's about it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's the only thing it could be for. And, like, breakfast shots, which, if you're drinking at breakfast, um, I'm not going to judge because I've done it, but, you know, might be time to call somebody. No bacon martinis? Um, no, absolutely not. Uh, no, so the only, like, I hate Bloody Marys because I hate tomato juice um, with, like, a passion. I think the only thing that's good about a Bloody Mary is being able to eat your feelings and eat the hangover way, not drink the hangover way, because at some places they'll just, like, have an entire parade of crap you don't need in the drink where it's like olives we got shrimp we've got bacon there's a dorito for some reason i don't know i don't know what kind of places you're going to brunch but this seems to always happen i'm gonna say bacon vodka bloody mary because obviously woo pig suey the bacon part makes sense and also there's gonna be a lot of hangovers from drinking drinking away your sorrows if you're in arkansas this year i don't i don't dislike arkansas at all i think they're gonna be better this year i've just i think right now with the state of the program this is the signature cocktail for Auburn. You're up next. Well, when I think about the Arkansas program, I just think of that Brett Bielema gif where he's like falling down, <laughs> walking through GIF? the crowd. It's a, you know, gif, what have you. On fire. Yep. On fire. Um, wait, hold on. Do you have another one for the, the SC West or is it all me? Uh, no, I've got Texas A&M and LSU. All right. Why don't you, why don't you do LSU? Okay. Uh, well, it's pretty simple. What drink is going to make you black out the fastest? Um, Clear. When, whenever I think of Tiger Stadium at night, I picture 102,000 fans, blackout drunk. <laughs> so I'm thinking something like moonshine. I did Ooh. think grain alcohol. Or maybe you just skip alcohol in general and you drink jet fuel. Not not the drink, but just, just actual fuel jet. from a jet. LSU fans will drink literally anything. Exactly. That's a, that's honestly not a good point. I mean, that's actually not a bad point. That's what I meant. That's All actually right. a really good point. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's honestly a terrible point. We'll move on to the next one because I can't believe you wasted our time with that. Uh, no, I like that. That's good. That's really good. Uh, let's see. I have I have for Ole Miss a watered down old fashioned. Okay. What, well, first off, whatever you drink, the signature cocktail for Ole Miss and Vaught Hemingway Stadium, it needs to be overpriced. It needs to be overrated, and it definitely, definitely, definitely needs to be in a red solo cup. Absolutely, and I can't think of a more Ole Miss name than Vaught Hemingway Stadium. For real, <laughs> the third. If it's, the third the only yeah. way, it should be Vaught Hemingway Stadium, the third. Chandler um, Franklin, the third. LLC. Um, <laughs> that was, so I, I mean, we got to, we got to go to the Grove last year, and it was one of the coolest experiences of of like football wise. Like their, their tailgating's top notch. They were up seven nothing and lost sixty to seven. That part was oh. like that was tough. But Lots like of dudes named Trevor going home sad. Lots of dudes named Tanner going home. Oh, sad. yeah, right, okay. Um, no, but, like, uh, I wish you wouldn't keep bringing up the name Trevor. That's too much. Um, no, but so for Ole Miss, I would say, I say watered down old-fashioned because I feel like whenever I hear about the rebels of Ole Miss, you come on down to Oxford with a Spanish moss drapes above the skies on the oak trees, just like all of the the future and and past banners of championships that never really happened. I, I feel like, I feel like, Oxford is so over the top Southern in a good way, but also like it's it's too much. And this I chose watered down old fashioned because as much as they want to talk about being like, this is the way tailgating's done. This is old Southern tradition. This is Southern class. Your your mascot's a land shark. So right. you should have gone land shark I beer. 
I hate Jimmy Buffett, so that's why I didn't do it. But yeah, that's that. That honestly, there's there's no way that's not sold at Vaught Hemingway Stadium, the third LLC this fall, guaranteed. <laughs> Landshark here. God dang it, Jimmy Buffett did it again. God dang it. Uh, well, moving from right, watered down old fashioned, I went with old fashioned for Texas A and M, and there's a couple reasons why. Sure, we okay. talked about that. Uh, <clears throat> old fashioned. You know, of course, the traditions at Texas A&M, they seem pretty old-fashioned to me. Uh, I can't imagine any other fan base in any other conference of any other team doing some of the things that they do. Midnight um, Yale. Now, here's the thing where it involves me a little bit. Bitters. I'm extremely bitter as an <laughs> FSU fan towards Jimbo Fisher for the pile of heaping crap he left behind at my school. Okay? Yeah, but you have Willie Taggart to dig out of it, which now, is cool. lastly. Oh, God. Most old fashions are garnished with with some sort of citrus, Orange which is about the bowl level I expect Texas A and M to go to every year. That's not bad. Citrus Bowl usually takes some form of runner up in the SEC, which is the peak for Texas A and M under Jimbo Fisher. Man, you really. I, so I had one for A and M. It wasn't nearly as sad and 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 salty as that it makes me happy chris yours how many yours should be margarita <laughs> it makes me happy chris um because you're so salty uh mine was jaeger bombs because if I, whenever i think of a&m all i think of at kyle field is just eighty-five thousand bros doing finger gun stuff with their hands and and going arm and arm swaying back and forth a&m all a&m when i see kyle field i'm not saying it's not a great tradition i'm not saying they don't have tradition i'm just saying if you go see Old Crow Medicine Shop like live with your best boys, you will see the same exact like concert will be the same exact thing you would see at Kyle Field like in like third quarter, just arms arm in arm swaying back and forth, drinking Jaeger bombs with your boys. Yeah, and I think the rumors are true, but if 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 you've ever heard of just Google Texas A&M mason jars and just I don't I don't know del- delve into that. Probably can't talk about that. Yeah, I'm sure it's bad. Let's move on. Um, but thanks for bringing that up. Okay, uh, last one for the West, Mississippi State. This one's easy. Like bourbon and Coke. We haven't done a bourbon and Coke, which seems like a travesty because that's what like everyone like in the Southeast should drink at games. Like that's I feel like that's the most staple drink for any STTL game. Right. Like any time of year. Um, bourbon and Coke, but like specifically Evan Williams Green Bottle. Eda, brother. Eda. <laughs> That is that is your entry level bourbon for every nineteen year old that's ever drank underage in college. <laughs> Just a green label Evan Williams bottle with not even real Coke, like off brand cola. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we can give them real Coke either way, but like because I feel like every year Mississippi State's gonna tell us the same thing where it's like, dude, there's no experience like Davis Wade Stadium. Like, come on down here to Cowbells. It's crazy. It's like, well, it's still like sixty thousand people. I feel it's like, like at, dude, at Mississippi State they go with check. Not Coca Cola. Oh, check's not bad. I like see Doctor Check. Maybe I'll roll Tab. Ooh, no one drinks Tab. No one drinks Tab except for cat ladies that hate themselves. Um, no, but so I mean, I would say, I would say, Evan, like bourbon and Coke. But again, like in the same way, Auburn had like the the Mister Boston's like poured in the gray the gray goose. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be Evan Williams Green and like RC Cola. Uh, let's move over to the East, and um, I don't know. I guess hopefully not lose all of our Georgia fan base since you were in charge of going over. So, so again, I want to point this out. Tyler was in charge of doing the the <laughs> the Georgia and the Florida. Maybe we should hold off on those. Maybe we should wait. Why don't uh, you, why don't well, we... I'll I'll start with Kentucky, and again, we'll just ease our toe into it. Mint juleps with Blanton's. Uh, oh well, that makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, because you know it's Kentucky, it's bourbon. Mm-hmm. Blanton's is a really nice bourbon. I happen to really like Kentucky. They got the uh, little horse tops that you can collect. Yeah, they, well, I didn't know you should collect those. I broke one of those off one time at, when I was actually bartending, and I was like, cut my arm. And I remember telling the, the lady behind the bar, she's like, are you kidding me? And I was like, I'm fine. It's just a scrape. I don't think I need stitches. As and blood is like, dripping into all the drinks that you've made? Dude, yeah, but she was, she was like, it took us three months to get that Blanton's behind the bar. I was like, cool, my safety's not a concern. Um, I'll say this. I, I'm going to go with mint julep because I feel like last year was cool. All right? Like, I, first off, let's say Blanton's because – that's a that's a bourbon you only have at special occasions. And last season was a pretty special occasion. Um, I mean, I know that Kentucky plays at Kroger Field. So it's like... Mm. It's the historic to... Kroger Field. <laughs> so, it's, so really, their, their, drink, their signature drink should just be like a grab-your-own, make-your-own six-pack of like a, like assorted beers like they have, or like a J&B or B&J wine cooler. However, it's going to be Bland's because every 40 years, I feel like... You have one of these special seasons like they had. Not saying they won't have another one this year, but like it's for special occasions, okay? And also, because Mitch Juleps, that's a very Kentucky thing to do. Come on down to Albertson Stadium. What is that? Uh, I don't even think they're in business anymore, but it was an old grocery store chain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. All right, so you're you're up for which one? Tennessee. Tennessee's going. Tennessee. I'm glad you brought this up, Chris. Me fireball too. shot for many reasons. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Uh, when I think about fireballs, I think about orange. So, you know, of course, Tennessee. But then we dig a little bit deeper here, Chris. Um, you know how, like, when you used to go out, or maybe you still do this, Chris. I, I don't want to judge. <laughs> but remember when you used to go out with your buddies and you'd, like, hey, you know, it's, it'd be a good idea to start out the night with a fireball shot. And it just ends up being a terrible decision by the end of the night. By Tuesdays. Uh, that's like Tennessee always thinking they're going to be good at the start of the season and ending up being absolutely terrible. Well, yeah, that's fair. Like, also, so I think they are going to be really good this year, but I, I don't just dis- like, I do think that I've drinking fireball to bury the pain, which, you know, ipso facto Tennessee. <laughs> uh, well, there's a couple more things, Chris, if you don't mind me digging in a little, a oh, little dig deeper. in, dig in. Let's peel back the curtain here. Uh, Tennessee is located in Tennessee. Did you know this? The University of Tennessee, located in Tennessee. Tennessee whiskey, an overplayed country song that everyone is sick of. Kind of like Tennessee fans having to be sick of playing second fiddle to Georgia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you really, you really swung for the fences on that. Also, Chris, (laughs) the stadium is by the river, which is likely where you'll find up yourself after too many fireball shots. Living in a van down by the river. That's pretty good. Okay, that's I, I about pulled my hamstring from how much of a stretch that first one was, the Chris Stapleton. <laughs> yeah. But that was good. I liked the down the river thing. That was good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really just hope I've been that. out of the game for a while, Chris. It's been it's a while. Good. You know, I, I don't know if the listeners know, um, but I it, had a kid last fall, so we had to we had to put the podcast on hold. And I'm and I'm in the peak of my drinking. I wouldn't say the peak, like like physically. I'm not doing as well, but I mean, I'm still at it, guys. I'm I'm giving it everything I got. I feel like you're like peak Jimbo okay. Fisher 2014 FSU, where we went undefeated, but clearly everyone knew we were on the downfall. You think that's what I'm like right now? Everyone yeah. thinks I'm on the downfall. So it's like just oh. with your just with your drinking. No, that's you're get, you're getting married. You're on the upswing, baby. <laughs> wow. Okay. So this, uh, <laughs> we got to wrap it up here. Don't soon. do it. Uh, <laughs> so Vandy, I'll do Vandy. 
Um, and then we'll do we'll do we'll wrap up these last five. Vandy, we'll keep it quick. It's Pass. I understand Nashville's cool. I understand that Nashville's a fun town. Bottom line, Vandy, no offense, guys. It's wine flights. That is your signature drink at whatever stadium it is. Um, what is it? What is Vanderbilt Stadium? Is it just called? I Dan- think it's called Vanderbilt Stadium. Actually, is it Memorial Stadium? I don't know. It's what, like it's like something like that. Um, this classic city's gotten to me. <laughs> no, so Vandy, it's just wine flights. It's just it's like Kendall Shard, Kendall Jackson Chardonnay, some sort of Pinot Grigio, like and and not and when I say flights, I mean flights like. Half of the regular amount of like a normal person would drink, because right. Vandy they fans get are like twenty thousand fans. They get like twenty thousand fans, but also because like they're super super responsible and like they will leave a game early so they can get home before like sunset so they can grill out or something like that and have like family time or and they'll never drink too much like to where like they'll have to take it like an Uber home. They're too smart for that. Does they're anyone have a better job than Derek Mason? I mean, this guy every year he could just be like, well, you know, boys, four and eight. After all, we are Vandy. <laughs> Better than last year. Uh, <laughs> Five year yeah, extension. Sure there's better jobs than that. I mean, I make memes for a living. I'm just not to brag, Derek Mason. You make a lot more money than I do. So tight. <laughs> um, okay, South Carolina. Bear with me on this one. There's two I had. Okay. So, uh, Firefly and Lemonade, which is like what I used to drink when I was like, let's say 21, when I lived in South Carolina. All right, like it's like a, it's a it's made in South Carolina. It's a sweet tea flavored uh, vodka. It's, it's just full of diabetes. That's all it is. The reason why I think it's like perfect for for this this tailgate is because when I live in South Carolina, I've never heard more people, and I'm sure I know it's the same in like Alabama, Mississippi, and probably parts of Georgia. But like I've never heard people in that state brag more about having the best sweet tea. Guys, I'm gonna say it right now: having the best sweet tea, all that means is you've poured the most sugar into your tea. Yeah, That's ease up, Wilford Brimley. Yeah, yeah, this is for real, man. I'm trying to feel my feet for the next 40 years, okay? I don't, I don't need them going numb. This is ridiculous. Um, so it's that, or I was gonna say Tropicalia. Oh, because I feel like every time I hear about Tropicalia, it's from some like white kid that's like 22 and wearing mid cap socks. He's like, dude, it's sick, dude. It's, it's awesome. You ever had Tropicalia? Like, yeah, I get it. And I've also been to an EDM concert. I've heard Sandstorm. Not that great. It's not the greatest thing in the world, like Williams Price Stadium. And also, Tropicalia is made in Athens. Yeah, you should check out the Chainsmokers, bro, for real. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. Um, yeah, Tropicalia and Chainsmokers is, is the – oh, man. Um, I thought my head was going to explode when those two things came out in 2016. But also, Tropicalia is made in Athens, and I think that it's fair to say Georgia has kind of owned South Carolina recently. What Probably going to get some pushback on that one. Probably <laughs> should cut that one out. Well, probably cut that one out. Um <laughs> Okay, so the last one before we get to you ruining all of our audience. Um, Mizzou. This is a special one, okay? Again, I have two of them. Um, How do you pronounce Bur- the name of their field? Ferrat. Ferratious. Okay. So exactly how it's spelled. Sweet. It's the, it's the Ferratious fan base. That's what they always say. The, fer- the Ferratious Frenzy. I'm making all this up. It's not, it okay. can't be. Okay. Kind of- I was like, wow, this is uh, intense. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce any any name that ends with an E R T, or just R and T in the last three letters. Justin Hair Bear, no clue, mm. no clue. Wilford Brimley, Will Fair, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll say this. So this is this is the booze that I would I would choose for this. Um, this is actually a staple in Missouri, not Missouri. Drives me nuts. Um, 
it's a gin bucket or a blanket bucket. It rhymes, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Okay. This is this is actually I've I've had this with Mizzou fans at tailgates, and it's pretty incredible. Um, it is a gin bucket that is you get Sprite or Seven Up, lemons and limes, gin, a bucket of ice, powdered sugar, and it's a whole lot of gin by the way. It's like manly gin. You stir it up into a bucket, and then you just drink it and pass. That's it. That sounds absolutely terrible. It's but well, I mean, <laughs> so so are games where you sit on rocks in the end zone. So it's like. I think it's a it's a good signature trick. Or or since it's Missouri, you want to have at least one thing that's like a bud like like an A B product, like an Anheuser Busch product. I'm gonna go Bud Ice, Bud Dry. Which I'm, you're like, what is that? Why is that here? Like when you're like getting like you're checking out at like a Seven Eleven, mm-hmm. you see that giant ice bin in the middle, like of like blocking where there should be a lane to like to exit. Mm-hmm. It's like what is this? Oh, cool! It's like a bunch of Fagos and then one dollar beers. What are these one dollar beers? Bud Ice for whatever reason. So yeah, I think that that's every time I see those, I'm like, why is that here? That's kind of what people think of when they see Missouri in the SEC. No offense, Missouri. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Let's let's do a little Florida because I, I I've got a special place in my heart for Florida. And look, my family is from Florida, so everyone's crazy. You know how they are down there. Uh, that's how I ended up at Florida State. Half the family went to Florida State. Half went to Florida. So hopefully. None of my Florida uh, alumni cousins are listening, but I went with swamp water. Now, I know what you're thinking, Chris. Oh. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. The swamp. Is it going to be something derogatory? Because I feel like that's you got hate in your heart today. But, Chris, let's just peel back the onion a bit. <laughs> we're not sh- Chris, we're not shallow people. We like to put thought into this, and there are levels to this. Okay. Now, swamp water is an actual cocktail, the main ingredient being tequila. Now, tequila, as you know, Chris, always a bad decision. Always. Just like Chris Steele felt it was a bad decision to go to Gainesville about two weeks into his time on campus. That's longer than that. He played the spring game. <laughs> Just hate. <laughs> uh, there's also a splash of blue Curacao. Ooh, that, that is a staple. Uh, just like you see a smattering of blue jean shorts around the stadium on a lovely, crisp Saturday There's nothing afternoon. crisp about any game no, in Gainesville. No, it's, it's it, is, it should just be called Swamp A Water. That's yep. what it should be called because it is the hottest place besides Columbia. Now, did you make one for Georgia, or is this? Am I going to be the one that takes? I all the did heat? because but, like, I, I got to be I'm honest scared. with you. Georgia oh, fans are not going to be happy with me. One, Florida State just dominated them in the College World Series. Why are you doing this? <laughs> this is not why we brought you on here. <laughs> but B, I went with a little Crown and Ginger. Okay, I'll read mine first because okay. I can tell what you're going to do. Uh, <laughs> so here's what I did. I had, I had two. I was going to say, like, first off. Athens is my favorite college town. Let me get that out of the way first. Um, I went with a black and tan. Okay. Uh, but it's, I'm going to call it a blackout and tan. Also could have gone with like a um, like a blackout and stormy instead of a dark and stormy. And the reason why is this. Athens is so much fun. There's over 105 bars in a three-block radius. It's the greatest place on earth. It's my heaven. Minus my favorite team not playing there. Regardless... I there I I there are less times that I've been to Athens that I haven't blacked out. Right. Then there are <laughs> then there are times when I've been like, hey, you know what? Had a lovely drive up to Athens, took in the scenery, it was great. Had some shopping, went to a nice dinner. No. Blackout and tan is your drink of choice. I, I don't I know that harp and Guinness is not like a great game day drink, but 
nothing says Athens like blacking out. I, and I'm sorry to say that. Now, but yours is good. Yours is good too. Yeah, you know, my memories of Athens are good as well. It's basically arriving there on a Friday at around 7 p.m. and then waking up on Sunday having visited <laughs> 65 bars in a haze, just counting <laughs> receipts. It's yeah. Just like, they, what they need to do in Athens is give you one long ass receipt, like they would at like CVS, mm-hmm. like of every single one, like taper together. Oh, you, Tyler, you you ordered eight slices of pizza at Little Italy. <laughs> in Little Italy, it's the best place on earth. I had, a, I had a homeless man draw a picture of me last time on like a piece of felt. It was inc- <laughs> I paid him like twenty bucks. It was incredible. I still have it. <laughs> All right, so my drink, Crown and Ginger. Now, now, before we sign off here, you can find me slices on Twitter. Like a pizza. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter, at Tyler Huck. I want all the hate for all this. So when you guys yeah. get mad, please direct it my way, not Chris's, not Saturday Down South. This is all yep. me. So Crown and Ginger, you know, that was my drink in college. And I remember when I was in college, I thought I was drinking top shelf liquor when I guzzled down Crown? a little Crown and Ginger. Those were the days, Chris. They were. First they were off... Different. If you're drinking top shelf bourbon or whiskey, typically you're not drinking them with a chaser of any kind. Okay, so <laughs> no. that was my first. That was my first mistake. Secondly, Crown, not a top shelf liquor, not even in the slightest. And it kind of reminded me, Chris, when I was thinking about oh, this God. list today, that Georgia fans always think they're top shelf, and then they realize they haven't won anything since before I was born. Chris, you know as well as I do that I am married with a child. I am old. <laughs> I have never seen Georgia win anything significant in my life. Well, I wouldn't say. I mean, that's a lot to say. It is, but I, mean, that's, I don't think you're wrong for saying it. And Crown and Ginger is definitely something. I mean, I, I've used before. Right now, this um, would <laughs> this would make a lot more sense if Kirby was a ginger. But I'm just going to run with the ginger thing here. Um, ginger is there to take the edge off of the whiskey, and I will say. Yeah. I certainly think that Kirby is taking the edge off the entire SEC East by literally, and this is not a joke, having more five stars on his <laughs> roster so than stupid. the rest of the teams in the East combined. But not 11 times more. He is 22 <laughs> of the 24 total, which is crazy. And the ginger thing makes sense because, yeah, Crown, I've said this a lot, like Crown and Waters is the one I do because it's like like when Bama played there, I was like, the Crown's for Bama, bro. Crown, bro. Um, and the Waters for the, for the puppies. But, like, in all honesty – like Georgia, it should be crown and ginger because Georgia is turning the rest of the SEC East into a redheaded stepchild. No, that's, that's how bad they're beating him. I like that. You know what, Chris? I agree with you there. And all honestly, on in all honesty, I do think that Georgia is about to go on a serious run. I'm a little nervous yeah. about it because having lived in Atlanta nearly my whole life, outside of the four years in Tallahassee, I Georgia fans are unique. And yeah. they're not going to be shy to be boastful when they win their first championship, which will probably come not. sooner <laughs> rather than later. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. Well, Tyler, we appreciate it. We're glad you came on. Again, tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter, at Tyler Huck. I know it is an extremely uh, thoughtful name that I put together there on Twitter. Yeah. But it's at Tyler Huck. Uh, Chris, it's been a pleasure. It's been a while since we've recorded together. I hope we can yeah. do this again. Enjoyed it, man. I definitely, and I hopefully, like you said, we won't have to. Um, I'm sure there's some other ones that we probably could have done. There's, there's some other like again. This is probably gonna be something that is like redone and and put out everywhere um, from several different publications. I, I, I'm glad we were able to do it because, like I said, been doing this since 2013, winning and boozing. It's been a lot of fun, like pairing them together. I'm glad we get to have you on. Um, we will record. 
hopefully some stuff in the fall and go over different game matchups and all that kind of fun stuff. I don't know if you're going to be invited back from our fan base because of all the terrible things you said about them, but mm. enjoyed it, brother. We appreciate it. Me too. Chris Ricks for Heisman. <laughs> Hope everybody enjoyed Winning and Boozing, a new SDS podcast staple. I hope so. Um, excited, excited, very excited for that. Um, we're going to treat this episode kind of the way that the SEC wants us to treat alcohol. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to talk alcohol. We're going to talk plenty of alcohol. Don't get us wrong, but we're going to sneak in. A, we're going to sneak in water every once in a that's while. Good. So that's good. That's fine. That's what we're going to do with this. So as of right now, we're recording this at Tuesday at two thirty p.m. As of right now, over a hundred picks have gone by Jerry Neely, the five star Ole Miss running back has not been taken in the Major League Baseball draft. Now, you just this kiss of death. This this whole podcast is the kiss of death for breaking news. It, it really is. Like as soon as we get <laughs> off air, we're going to be like, "Oh, he actually was drafted right. 101 or something." 101, right. Yeah. Um so future us will know how that's going to go. But I think this is an interesting discussion either way because and this is something that Ole Miss fans I know have been very much trying to keep tabs on as much as possible because if you go back to when Jerry Neely signed with Ole Miss and he does the interview uh, with ESPN, I believe it was Matt Schick who did the interview, mm-hmm. and he asked him, like, you know, what do you love more, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, my heart's with baseball. And he said that he had people who were telling him that he was going to be a top 20 pick. Right. Well, as we now know, he is not going to be a top 20 pick. Right. So he is already enrolled at Ole Miss. And there are some people who look at that and say, it's a done deal. He's yeah. not going anywhere. He's going to stay in Oxford. We wish we could have stayed in Oxford forever when we For were there. Real. So um, it'll be tough to like pull him away from that. But I bring this up because I feel like this is kind of a cool thing to see this five-star running back who somebody was being talked about as a possible first-round pick in Major League Baseball and the potential implications not only for 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 Ole Miss like in 2019, but for Matt Luke moving down the road, yeah. what this could potentially mean for him. I think there are a lot of different dynamics at play here that make it one of the more unique SEC storylines we have going this offseason. Yeah, and we, and we just talked about it a little bit off air. I will say just the hater in me is already, already going to be tired of the Bo Jackson comparisons because it's a running back especially and that literally just dawned i mean the, right. the, the the running back part of it but plays no, outfield too i know which is perfect and apparently he climbs walls with no hands Ooh, i made that part up but regardless um oh. i mean these like i think it'd be great for the sec in general to have one it's great for for Ole miss the team when you look at just like their immediate needs now i know they have scotty phillips a running back who i like a lot but to also have 82% of your offense being gone from last year, I believe they, they have, they're dead last in FBS right. in returning offensive production. That, yeah. Is it FBS in general? I thought it was, I thought it was FBS. group of five. Oh my God. Or so, power like, five. You, you met. Yeah. That's, that's what I meant. <laughs> so dead last. Um, yeah. college football media. Here I go. Um, no, but so like, it's, it's one of those things like where, like, I think it'd be great for them like offensively to have them like an immediate impact guy. Um, I think it'd be awesome to have somebody that's supposedly like a really exciting talent teamed up with Matt Corral, that I think is going to be one of the more exciting quarterbacks in the league. But it's also cool for the SEC in general to have – the SEC really, like for as much as they don't care about basketball, no matter what we try to do, they love some baseball, man. Oh, like yeah. You get the attendance of it, and it's, it's – they love some SEC baseball. And I think it's just – it's cool to have like one of those type of – like I don't want to compare them to Kyler Murray, but have that kind of talent potentially – playing in you know in one season and then also what we call like the off season for baseball I, I think it'd be great it's exciting 
Tom Van Haren of ESPN.com wrote a great story back in December just about this big decision, how yeah. it was kind of a Kyler Murray-like situation. Some elements are similar, and the comps are there because as players, as baseball players, they're 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 pretty similar from what we hear. Ely is just five in terms foot of, two. Yeah, they're they're both not the tallest dudes. No, as Ely, Ely said in a Bleacher Report story, that if you were like six inches taller, you'd be playing basketball at Duke. So <laughs> uh, yeah, just have a little bit of talent, why don't you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this we don't know what decision he's he's going to make, and we would tend to think that the later he gets drafted, obviously the better. Having said that, we've seen this before where if you Man. if you are the, in this position, you, you you could have a lot of leverage to be able to get one of these big signing bonuses. And you just never know. When yeah. when you throw those those seven-figure signing bonuses out there, you just never know what can necessarily happen. Right. Now, I think that just for the the dynamic of, of him playing football, and let's let's talk about a situation in which Somebody that could potentially turn down Major League Baseball, yeah. somebody who was, who like he said, was being told he was going to be a top twenty pick to turn that down. We've we've seen this before, but just in this so situation, baseball is weird, and that's why this is so tough to predict. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you get it because like you know like as like a as a big baseball fan, like that, it's it's hard to explain. Like when we talk about the NFL draft, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to project where each guy's going to fall. And, the, and you saw, like, you know, we had last year, Stidham was a first-round uh, one. Like, you could bet on him being number one overall. Mm-hmm. He ends up going, like, what, the fourth round of the Patriots. And and some of that is kind of hard to predict, and, and, like, your draft stock rises and falls. Baseball is so weird because there's 50 rounds, there's 1,500 picks, and you have these kids that they have so much more leverage than in any other sport. Like, it's, you know... It is unique, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And, like, we, talk, we talked about it yesterday, like, off-air, and... How like I remember like Dexter Fowler like he was the same I don't I hate saying this because it sounds stupid but like he was in the, I was in the same draft class as Dexter Fowler oh you were already. I mean like I I had some looks they so, picked him over you I they, guess. no but like I remember like he like I played against him like we were both seniors in the same same year and like that's who actually uh, like I mean we we played against them they won state that year and, and everything like that and like it, Dexter Fowler was an incredible talent signed with Miami out of high school was the Gatorade National Player of the Year and. I remember he didn't get drafted on day one. You're like, what in the hell? Like, how did he not go number one overall? Or not one? Like, how did he not go in the first round? Next thing you know, he's like, well, I'm going to Miami, and he gets drafted in like the fifth, like fourteenth or sixteenth round, and he gets a million dollar signing bonus and signs with the Rockies. So it's like you can get drafted way later and still have this mm-hmm. leverage where you can. It's not like you know NFL where it's like, well, you're in this slot, so you're only getting this amount of money. Um, it's just the whole thing is just really interesting. But it, it, I don't know how it's gonna play out. Like. If if I was told I was going to be a top twenty pick, and again with baseball, you have multiple years where you're eligible for the draft. Right, like, you have to go for three years and then or be turn twenty one, and then you would be able to to go and enter the draft. Is it, you can't I thought, just go after your freshman year. Oh, so they cha- okay because it used to be like that where you could go after your freshman year and then after your junior year. No, I don't think it was after your freshman year because then JD Drew you know, did not play three years of college baseball. Neither did Buster Posey. Uh, okay, we would have to go back and look that yeah. up. We're football. I, I'm, this is I know. I'm, I'm almost positive that's exactly how it was because I remember, like, like Buster Posey. I played against him in high school, and that kid was like a shortstop. He was incredible. And then I remember he was like, "Well, yeah, he's going to Florida State." And you're like, "Why is he going to Florida State?" And then next thing you know, he hit like 475 or something like that with like 20 bombs. Um, and then and then ended up getting drafted after his freshman year. But yeah, I mean, like, it, either way, I, it, it's more advantageous, I think, to develop i always say this like develop more time because because baseball again if you have 1500 kids drafted more so than in any other sport like you're not gonna pan out always in baseball and 
I, I would love to be a professional athlete, but being a career minor leaguer would not be ideal. So I know there are LSU fans right now who are probably yelling at their phones or yelling at their, <laughs> wherever they're listening to this, and they're like, hey, why are you talking about Maurice Hampton? Because mm-hmm. Maurice Hampton, as we found out, wasn't drafted on the first night in the Major League Baseball draft, the LSU defensive back, the, the, the freshman, and he just came out and said, like, hey, I'm going LSU. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't awesome. drafted high enough, and I'm going LSU. And so That's what obviously they need more def- defensive backs. Yeah, right. LSU just doesn't have enough. You know, they're they're really lacking these days. Um, you know, so that's the thing that maybe 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 Eagle looks at a situation like that and he says, "I wasn't drafted night one. I thought I was going to be picked higher. Right. And maybe I just say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna play football and baseball in college. And maybe you know maybe I'm gonna look at this situation kind of like he did and say, obviously the 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 scouts at the next level don't think I'm ready yet. Right. Why don't I Why don't I st- I still have a chance to prove that? I don't have to give up on baseball. I can still play baseball. And that's the unique thing with this yeah. with this whole situation. And you know, I, I still go back to what he did in the Under Armour All-America game. Oh he my tore God. it up. Can you imagine tearing up a national high school All-Star game? No, Connor. And then never, and then never playing that sport again. And then <laughs> no, just deciding, you know, never, no, I'm just done with this sport. That yeah. would be an amazing walk-off. But, like, going through that, maybe there's a little part of the back of his mind where he's like, you know what? I think I could be pretty good at this whole football yeah. thing. I think it could work out well, pretty I mean, well it, for me. Yeah, it's awesome to have it in your back pocket. It's weird, too, because it's like, you know, with baseball more than anything, this is this is for the most part. Like it happens with the NFL as much, but it seems like it's more glaring. Where your stats matter for baseball, yep. but at the same time, especially when there's so many rounds, this is purely projections. This is pure. Like I've had, I've played with kids that were in like in in Division Two, or they like in our conference, which was like a very good conference, and we were we had eight kids that played professional baseball off our off our team, and you had kids that were the conference player of the year and hit like over 400 and with double digit home runs and, and like ran like a six, three 60, which is like the equivalent of like a four, three 40. And they weren't drafted. But then you have, like we talked about earlier, these like lefties that were like, well, he's six, five and left-handed. We'll figure it out later. And so, I, I mean, with Ely, like we, he didn't have a great senior year statistically. I think you said he hit like three sixty with like six bombs, which is his average dropped a little bit and didn't put up the numbers that some scouts thought he was going to. I never hit under three sixty in high school. Just want to throw that out there. Sick brag to you. <laughs> but I mean, but it is, it is crazy because like like you do you're in a in such an incredibly blessed position to be this talented in two sports. We talked about the Kyler Murray thing, where it's like. I mean, that's a generational talent where you have like a top ten pick in baseball and in football. And I don't know if Ely will end up being that, but it is cool. Like, like we talked about again, but the like playing with Frank Core in high school. I remember him flat out saying, like, flat out saying, like, like he was a four star defensive back, played receiver, and he wanted to go to Ole Miss. Ironically enough, and Cutcliffe was like, you can't play both ways. You cannot play baseball. You can't play and and football. So he decided to go to Clemson, committed to Clemson, was all set on going there. And he was supposed to be a very high first-round draft pick and, and flat out said, if the Braves don't pick me, I will I will be playing football at Clemson this fall. And I don't know if Ely is in a position like that, but it's 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 one of those things where it's like, man, you're right, man. There's 100, 100 picks have passed, and it's like we feel like we know the decision. But but you never know. You never know because he's, he's got so much leverage on it. Good for him, man. Yeah, and a different situation too than somebody like Court Sandberg, who right. Court Sandberg, um, Mississippi State fans might remember back in the day when he was supposed to go to Starkville. Uh, Dan Mullen's only four-star recruit out of the out of Florida. Florida while he was at Mississippi State. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, he's from Bradenton too. Yeah. He went. To, it, 
Kurt Sandberg is so old. How old is he? Uh, he went to high school in Bradenton before IMG was a thing. That's, um, so that's uh, just bef- or before they had you know yeah. like the, the powerhouse that they became at least in, in football and all that stuff. So like he he ends up like going the minor league baseball route. It doesn't work out, and then he goes back. Obviously now he's quarterback at Auburn. Yeah, and but it, I think it's different for for a quarterback to do that than a running back. It's not like the Chris Winkie situation oh, God. that that Ely would be going into where like if you're 26 and you're a running back. It's not like you're going to look back and be like, oh, now I'm going to start playing college football. I still got um, it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that'd be quite as easy to do. Chris Winkie was, I'm pretty sure he played half those game in khakis. I mean, he was old. He was like, he was like 29. No offense. Heard new balances on the side. <laughs> yeah. <of him>. He's <laughs> like the Hunter Renfro. He was the Hunter Renfro before Hunter Renfro was a thing. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it, it'll be interesting to see. Like there's, there's a lot of situations like this. Like I remember Melvin Ray from Alabama. He ended up playing at Auburn after playing um, or maybe it was Destin Hood. They both signed. They were like four-star receivers that signed with Bama and didn't end up going there because they played baseball. But Melvin Ray ended up going to Auburn too. These things can work out in very mysterious, weird ways. You just never know how this is going to turn out. And future us is probably going to know. And as like as we're talking about this right now, um, like there's he's going to get picked, and then he's going to make it. He, then he's going to make an <laughs> announcement about the decision. So get ready for the re-record of this segment. Uh, <laughs> Let's go to something else. We've got some peak off-season content to get to. We've got some peak off-season content that's a little something that was floated floated our way. I love it when when gambling sites do this, when yes. they'll send me a direct email. It's kind of like a newsletter for them. Wait, you're getting direct send... emails from gambling sites? Oh, yeah. What the oh, hell, yeah. guys? It's it's lovely. My send... bookie does it all the time. Forward Shout that out my to bookie. me. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I love it. Um, I got this from uh, mytopsports.com. They released a bunch of prop bets for the season, and we could get into the rest of them another time but the one that i wanted to focus on today we haven't talked about this a ton we've talked about a couple little wrinkles of this but i think this is a really interesting discussion as it relates to the prop bet so it's the first coach to be fired or resign this year Dude. now the favorite you could probably guess clay helton his odds six to one yeah I don't know, that's actually like not that bad considering no. it's usc you never know um that administration kind of a mess right now Randy Edsel, number two, the UConn coach, eleven to one Shout odds. Shout out to Randy Edsel for just Still living a, a real life deja vu and no one even noticing. He's yeah, at UConn again. Uh, that well for now, <laughs> yeah, for now. Um, Brent Brennan, San Jose State coach, as everybody knows, uh, twelve to one odds. He Chris get Ash fired for his name. <laughs> Chris Ash at Rutgers, fifteen to one odds. All right, now we get interesting. Melzon is eighteen to one. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, Willie Taggart. Want me to go on another Florida State rant? I won't. 19 to 1. 19 to 1 odds. Lovey Smith also with 19 to 1 odds. Justin Fuente, 35 to 1. I didn't get that. That's kind of weird. He won 10 Um, games two years ago. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a little strange to me. And then rounding it out, there are more odds, but this was the place I wanted to stop. Chad Morris. I didn't like that. 40 to 1 odds. Yeah. I tend to not think that Chad Morris is going to be the first coach fired. Trey Knox. Just Trey Knox is going to be so good this year. I don't, whatever. I'm not, I'm not buying into that. But no story of a hurl. What, I mean, this is the story of a hurl. God, what a throwback. Justin Fuente, people don't remember this from last year, but Virginia Tech lost like, five defensive starters in the offseason. Like, Went through like eight quarterbacks, didn't they, too? I, probably. But like, that was because they weren't any good, I think. But like this, like this was not like, oh, yeah, we had some kids graduate. This was like we had five kids <laughs> that were supposed to be starters from spring to, to like fall gone. Like an Achilles tear or like an ACL or like just kicked off the team or dropped out of school, like living in a van down by the river. What All the like, above. It was like LSU in the Fiesta Bowl. 
Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what it was. But I mean, so if you're if you're betting on this, who are you putting money on? I think I actually don't think that that Gus at eighteen to one is that bad because no, it's not. here's here's what I go back to, and I this keep this keeps coming up when I when I think about like this discussion of first coach fired, twenty sixteen. Yeah, LSU Auburn. That game where it was it was basically the fired bowl, and there were people yeah. talking about Gus like that was potentially going to be his last game. And then the last play of the game where LSU looks like it has this game winning touchdown, everybody's going crazy. And then oh, actually they hike the ball like a half second late, right. and Auburn wins the game. Les Miles gets fired right after that game, and then Gus Malzahn keeps his job. And could there be a moment like that early on? Because the schedule indicates that there, there are some possibilities for it. If Auburn doesn't win that opener against Oregon, and then they've got that Florida game what if they coming up early. What if they look bad in that opener? And what if the quarterback situation doesn't right. look like what he hopes it can be? I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you were going to bet, like, I'm not going to bet on UConn to make a, a firing in October. <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm just not. No. Like, it, things could be bad there, but things are always magnified at a place like yeah. Auburn because that's that's just how we've When come you're a to know women's basketball school, like, people don't care about football as much. Wrap your head around that sentence, Randy Etzel. I think Randy Etzel would like to have some words with you. <laughs> He's an opinionated dude. Yeah, that's He's true. No, dude. so if I was putting money on this, um, hands down, it's Chris Ash at Rutgers. So here's the thing. You know more than I do. Pat Hobbs, their AD, has been steadfast. Okay. Yeah, I was steadfast. definitely right. You definitely know more than I do. He he has been so, like, so, so patient. Obviously, like, Chris Ash took over a dumpster fire at Rutgers. Rutgers is the punching bag of college football. Yeah. I totally get that. But just in terms of making, like, an in-season firing, because that's yeah. really what this would have to come right. down to. U- USC, like... Lane Kiffin, tarmac, like this is midseason stuff. I mean, this that's even craziness. at six to one, yeah. that that still is is somewhat intriguing because we thought that Clay Helton was going to be fired after a five and seven season last right. year. So, I would tend to think that if I'm going to put a bet on one of these teams, I'd want to bet on a big program. I'd want to bet on a place it like USC, slot, yeah, like Auburn. And and two, when you take in the AD dynamics are, are super important with this stuff, and that's why I would even not not say that the Willie Taggart thing makes a ton of sense, just because. If you're talking about an AD who hired him two years ago, right? To make that decision to say no, I, I was my, wrong. What I did was, yeah, what I did, my my decision was so horrible right. that I have to make this this quick of a move. I tend to think that ADs that you know haven't made necessarily the hire that is currently on staff. I would I would lean more towards those guys. Also, I made the decision that was so bad. I'm gonna need to borrow a few shekels over here, guys, because we got a massive payout on our hands. <laughs> um, no, Gus Malzahn, though, like. The only reason I, I don't like the Gus Malzahn thing is because this is a guy. Now I don't know. I guess you could see it either way. Now that I'm even thinking about it, is it like because yeah, it's it's eighteen to one. Like, it's, well, that's I'm, the I'm just saying, like, but like firing him mid season, you could easily see it because I, I mean I feel like has Auburn's done that before, right? Like I feel like they have they had to. to that's, I mean I know Bama has. Tell me, get fired mid season? I don't remember. I don't think he was mid season. I think it was like a foregone conclusion. It, oh was, yeah, I one think. of those. But I, but I don't know. Duck, yeah. But like, okay. I just I don't remember that. It was a glorious year. I remember that he walked into the stadium with seven fingers up because they'd beaten Bama six years in a row. I was like, Tuberville, you're about to be fired in like 38 minutes. Fun um, fact for for our listeners at home: Tommy Tuberville has a has an outstanding, a, a long-standing invitation to come on this podcast. Yeah, he does. And the top voice top voicemail on my phone right now, sick brag, is Tommy Tuberville. Oh, and he called me too. while I was he called me while I was in the bathroom <laughs> going number two. Fun fact. Okay, well, got her. That's actually it's still better. Mine's just a bunch of debt collectors and my mom, so that's fine. Um, no, but like I mean, I get what you're saying. The USC thing makes sense, uh, and like 
you know, something where it's like you can make a splash. But the Auburn thing, if you fire somebody midseason, especially early on, like you're talking about, remember you still got that November coming ahead with with Georgia and Bama. True. So True. I, I don't know, but yeah, either way, Lovey Smith is another one I could see. But like the, the Chris uh, Ash Josh, thing, the, like, the AD dynamic. So that's the yeah, thing. Josh true. Whitman hired him. Josh Whitman like was brought on as AD like yeah. five months before Lovey got there. That was his big splashy hire. He's going to be defined by that. Like you have to take all of these things into consideration yeah. as you talk about the hot seat stuff. <laughs> as I, I mean, the Chris exactly. Ash thing. You could tell me that Chris Ash has been the. Co- I, I wouldn't believe it because his name sounds like he's the coolest kid in high school in 2009. But like. If you told me Chris Ash was the Rutgers coach since 1974, I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. I believe that. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> whatever, dude. Greg, Greg Schiano just didn't yeah. do this. <laughs> Forgot about Schiano. Okay. Tennessee fans, duck and cover. Let's move on to the next topic. We have our own peak offseason content. We were going to do this last week, but we had so much stuff that we ended up just moving this back, and it could not have worked yeah, out better. Yeah, for real. This is, this is the way that we draw it up. We have beer rankings that you Connor, what and Adam if we do Spencer a segment about with. beer and then you were like no you know what hold my beer we're gonna do an entire damn episode about booze <laughs> I see what you did there yes I did yes I did yeah. this is good though you came out with this on like a random Saturday when you were just you're like hey we need to have a definitive beer rankings because there are Sober. too many uneducated people that are coming out with beer rankings right now. And you, you kind of, I'll, I'll give you credit because I really like the list that you came out I with. I appreciate that. And I'll tell you, this did come from a point of hate. And as you as you always as point out that I say, this, this, I had hate in my heart and I had to let it out. And, and there are some, like looking back on it, there are some tweaks that I would like to make to it. But at the same time, this came from the fact that somebody who will remain nameless he he. There was a, a a post of his that made it to the SDS podcast Facebook group, which I didn't like. Um, shout out to that. You could just you, you even know from your tone who we're talking about. We're talking yeah. about Barrett's League. Yeah, all right. And like him, everybody knows him that ranking by now. shower beer like seven hundred and twenty six on his like literally it was like one through ten. 11, 12, and it was like 726. If you're that upset about drinking in the shower, one, you've obviously never been broken up with, Bertsley. Two, you've obviously never lived. Drinking in the shower, put on a little Tracy Lawrence Pandora. <laughs> There's like 17 people right now that get this reference. It's good. It's the good stuff, guys. There's no beer ranking that should be below 20 because it's kind of like pizza and that you, you can't really, like, a, if you're having a beer somewhere, it's not going to be that 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 Wait. far down. You can have a beer when you're completely hungover yeah. and it's still not worthy of being the 720th spot. Are you talking about beer by Alfredo's or Alfredo's beer? Alfredo's beer. Big difference. Big difference. <laughs> so Both get off taste and quality. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, like, beer beer is, is great in general and I, I like, I just, shower beer... It didn't make the top ten, and it's it's definitely on the cusp. But to be that upset about shower beer, good lord! Like, how, let's get to your rankings because I'd rather talk rankings. about those That's than somebody point. else's. Yeah, SEC tailgate beer number one. Okay, people got upset oh. about this that we put that we put SEC tailgate. First off, I've never been to a Big Ten tailgate. Okay, because I don't get up that They're early. Pretty good. I'm sure They're pretty they are. Good. I'm Wisconsin saying. seems like a blast. I've been Ooh, to ACC Scott's tailgates. Fun. I've been to I've been to Clemson several times. Um, I was fun. It's a lot of fun. However, don't don't get upset when I put SEC tailgate beer because we would all agree. And I know it's an SEC podcast. There is no better tailgate scene than in the SEC. The Grove, man. God, dang. Everywhere, Nashville, even. Nashville's always lit, though. Yeah, so that's, that's true. That's tough. That's, that sounded cool when you said that. Um, okay, second on my list. Second on my list, baseball game beer. I, I tell you what, we, we all know that I don't have a great diet and, and stick to the diet, but 
Anytime I go to a baseball game, I don't care if I'm in peak shape or the worst shape. I'm getting a hot dog and I'm getting beer. And it's going to taste great. I agree with you on 50% of that. You don't get hot dogs at a baseball game, Connor? No, because I'm done with it in three bites. We've talked about Mm. this before. I don't like being done with my food in three bites. Challenge yourself. Get more hot dogs. you have any idea how many hot dogs you can fit into a windbreaker? (laughs) you have any idea how much weight you can gain while wearing a windbreaker? It's a perfect situation. That's Um, the most Marler question I've ever heard. (laughs) Do you have any idea how many hot dogs you can fit in a windbreaker? That's that's the audio clip. That's the audio clip from this segment, (laughs) uh, from the whole episode. Um, Okay, number three, beach or lake beer? That's good. Now, I'm going to say this. Lake beer, low-key, might be better than beach beer. I'd have this a little bit lower. I'll say that. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't have it quite at number three. The first two, I'm I'm there. Yeah. I'm with you for that. Um, but number three, like, just because it, you know, it can get a little sandy on the yeah. beach and stuff. I go to the beach like a decent amount. Sick brag, living in, in Florida. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the beach beer, you know, it's all right. Yeah. But, like, I tend to... You know, because the glass will always get really sandy, or the koozie gets sandy, and there's just—I don't really like you know whatever you're bringing on yeah. lake or, or on the beach. Growler, there's just sand everywhere. I just don't like yeah, growler. Whether whether you're eating or drinking on the beach, I, I'm just not that big of a fan of yeah, it. Yeah, kind of like to do my stuff a little offshore. That's so. What you're saying, I've I've I said this last week. I forgot what it was even about. I don't think I've ever agreed with you more. I I hate how much sand gets everywhere and onto everything and in everything at the beach and for whatever reason this is just side note makes me real mad since i got hate in my heart gotta let it out those showers at the beach for what reason did we give the least amount of water pressure in the world when i need it most makes no sense i don't like it regardless number four july 4th beer i see what you did there yeah right yeah yeah um july 4th beer is the best that that could be interchangeable up at the top because it's just Something about waking up at 8.30 in the morning on July 4th, knowing I have nothing to do, and it's like a Wednesday, who cares? I'm going to pop open like a, a celebratory American-themed Budweiser. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I love it. It's as patriotic as it gets. It is. Um, this is a good one. And CBS 330 game beer. You see, now, I can't relate to this as much because usually the... <laughs> The three thirty game, like I'm watching. I'm, I'm either, yeah, yeah, me too, I'm, I'm covering from home, or maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm on, on site somewhere. But I'm, I'm on board with this because if I was a fan of the SEC, that's, that is kind of like peak drinking time yeah. during the day where you can watch that and maybe, maybe use halftime, take a little, little pre-dinner nap, something Ooh. like that. I'm just, just throwing it out there. I'm saying if I had the option to do this, and I totally don't take naps during games that I'm covering, no, I, right? That'd be bad. What's a nap? Um, but I, I I understand why you would have this as high as yeah. you do. I mean, and also, here's the thing. I'm not going to apologize. Like I said, I, I drank way less last year than I ever have because I took this job seriously and I love this job. That being said, if you think Uncle Vern didn't have a 330 game beer, you're dead wrong. That's where I got it from. Yeah, how else was he going to hydrate? Yeah, exactly. Or or not remember everybody's names. Um, number six. <laughs> Come back, Vern. <laughs> uh, number six, patio porch beer. All right, yeah, I'm on board with it's that. Whatever, I'm on board. That's 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 okay. It depends what kind of patio porch you're talking about. I, I, it's all about the atmosphere. I think I got way too into it. I think I must have been listening to like a country song when I put that at number six because I think I, I rated it too highly. And I'll tell you right now, number seven, drastically underrated. Drastically underrated should probably be maybe third or fourth on this list. I I agree with that. Fall as well. fire pit beer. Yep, man. There's it like great inclusion. I don't like pumpkin flavored beers because that's stupid but what i do like doing is like 
right when it starts getting like a little bit crisp, or as I like to call it, perfect sweat weather for me, because I stop sweating so much, mm-hmm. sitting around like a, a little campfire somewhere that I didn't make because I don't know how to start a fire, and and have a nice beer with your friends. That's good. That's a good time. It's a beautiful thing, especially as you said, when you don't have to make the fire. That's kick back and, and you just you flip that switch and you're just like you're not because when you don't make the fire, you don't have to worry about the fire. That's the key. And yeah. You can truly enjoy your beer at the fire. Stand up, spike your beer bottle into the fire, go get another one. Start start a, a whole whole different night. Take it to Gosh, another your level. Early t- <laughs> your early twenties were wild, weren't they? Not good. Um, okay, number eight. This one. Um, Friday happy hour beer. I've I've just noticed for myself that with the days being longer in the summer, this I could have interchanged Friday for other days. I would have swapped one out probably. Which um, this one? For, yeah, just because there the Friday happy hour beer, good in theory, but then you're like, oh, am I gonna you know like we gotta get dinner? Like I still you know you're you're you still got other priorities that you're gonna yeah. worry about. Oh, am I going out later tonight? Wear these socks yeah. for too long. Yeah, I I'm I, I'm my my favorite kind of beer to enjoy is the one where I I know that like I've got nothing to do but relax I mean, and I can take point. in everything. So that's that's why I would probably not be quite as high on that, just because if it's extending into a night, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you've got you know other stuff that you still got to take care of, responsibilities before you go out and do what you want to do later that night, I'm kind of getting anxiety just even thinking about it. To be honest, like Sorry you're right. Well, it, it's it's also no, it's a good point. Like I, I underestimated how many good points you would make on the booze episode here. This is that's a that's a really strong point. I like my beer, man. Yeah. I think that I hope the world is figuring that out right now. That I'm, you know, yeah. like I, I might be too drink Connor at, at certain <laughs> events, but like, you know, I, I I've, I've had a, I've had a couple pops in my day. We'll say oh, that. Don't say it like that. But yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, but no, you're right. Like I think also the Friday happy hour has been diminished by us because we don't have traditional jobs. That's a good point. You know I mean? That's a great. You know, point. you know, it's a good beer on Fridays when I used to work a day. You've never had a desk like a day job like a nine to five, have you? Where you to put on a tie uh, and pleats from Joseph A. Bank? No, I've had I've had a couple things throughout. Okay. Yeah, throughout my work experience that are similar to yeah. that. Yeah. I worked in radio and like it was in sales and I was terrible at it because I never sold anything. Um, the best like Fridays would be like, all right, it's twelve o'clock. We're gonna go have beers at lunch and then like the rest of the day doesn't count. Like that that's better than happy hour because you're right. Like that is better. You end up you're just right. getting like to go food and watching like a movie on TBS. It's awful. Um, nine nine is yard work beer. Okay, so I'm not quite as on board with this one, and here's why. We don't have yards. We don't have <laughs> yards for one. So I haven't experienced this yet in the same way that you have um, or that others, our listeners yeah. have. There are other people who are going to be like, hey, this should be like top three, top right. four. But when I'm, when I'm like I'm, I'm sweaty and I'm like I'm, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I tend to drink that yard work beer too quickly like it's water, and I... I like to, you know, I like to just be able to enjoy it. I like being yeah. able to, to kind of sip a little bit and not just like inhale it. Be like, oh, that was beer, not water. I need another one. And then you're like, okay, I've had two beers already to hydrate myself. This is becoming a problem. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, also, but I think yard work beer. People that do yard work for the most part, it's like, all right, you know what? This is an escape for me. I like. I feel like at that point, like you, if you really, if you're doing yard work, you must enjoy doing yard work. Mowing the lawn is so satisfying. Oof. It really is. I, I I have always been a big big fan of mowing the lawn and like just being able to to gauge the job that I did right after looking out the window and being like, oh yeah, I, I hit all the corners. Oh, we hedged we hedged well today. Oh my god! I remember having to like after my freshman year of college, 
come home and was told I had to hand till. Hand till? I don't even know what that means. I had to Google it. The front yard so we could start a flower bed or something like that with a hand rake. See, that's... That's that's beyond mowing. Yeah, that is that's, exactly. That, I'm not that's a fan true of yard work. work. Um, uh, number ten. This is underrated. Summer wedding beer. Yeah, I thought this would be even higher. Yeah, something something's got to entice me to actually go stand outside, sweat through my best Van Houston shirt, um, and then you know, like get me like lubed up enough. I don't care how that sounds to get ready for shout when it comes on. But here's the thing: summer wedding beer is usually indoors, and that's the nice thing about it. We'll be going, like I said, we had the three weddings yeah. in 16 days. All those weddings were indoors. We have another wedding coming up in South Bend that's going to be indoors as well. And that summer wedding beer is pretty nice because when it cools off at night, then you go outside with the beer and it's like, oh, perfect. Right I'm, now, it's just the perfect temperature for being outside. I've, I had nothing for you on that one. You, I, I will just say right now, and I hope my friends are listening, you have better friends than me. Because every single one of my friends has had a summer wedding, has had it outside. That's mean. It is mean. And they know how much I sweat. So it's probably just on purpose. Um, the one, okay, so the, I, I like this list. I'm, I'm a fan. I think a lot of these were, were really good inclusions. I think concert parking lot beer. Oh, that that's list. a good one. Big, big fan of that. We do that. We do that every summer. Always a good time. Where does SEC game beer rank on this list or where will it rank on this list? Because this is a whole new thing for everybody. Everybody's going to be experiencing this in their own unique way. Yeah. It's, it's definitely below tailgate beer for me. Um, I don't know. It's it's above Friday. It's probably eighth. It's above Friday Happy Hour. It's seventh. It's above Friday Happy Hour beer. It's above Patio Porch beer. It's a pretty good starting point yeah. considering it has you know no history, no real history, like legal history. So I'm not going to make a mean comment about a team, but that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, early tailgate breakfast beer. I feel like that's a separate category Man. from tailgate breakfast beer. beer. That early. Oh, that's that, that that's a spot. You know, what was a good beer was uh, is like finally make it home after uh like the like getting home from the stadium beer like we were in oxford and it was like oh yeah 1 30 a.m pbr beer <laughs> we had to, had to record <laughs> record podcast stuff, yeah. 1 30 that was yeah podcast beer yeah. you guys should have it it's pretty good <laughs> um yeah the golf course beer could have been another one yeah, that was included one. in here you had you had that an honorable mention i thought that would have been uh, a good one as well this was fun we've had a lot of beer stuff um We've got, instead of fourth and wrong, we've got a viewer's choice. This is good. So this is a, a fourth and long type, or fourth and wrong type question, but it's a little bit more in-depth. And, and we get asked these a lot. Yeah. And if, here's, here's a little tip. If you want your fourth and wrong question to get answered, it's tough for us to do, like, name every, like, compare every SEC team to this, because that takes a lot of time, um, to, for, quite frankly, to come up with this. Yeah. I spent... I think I spent 20 minutes on this, if we're being honest. And I only did half of the teams. So we did, and I can't remember, who was it that asked this question? I don't I can't remember. remember. I but it was asked in our in our Facebook group, which you should totally join, Saturday Down South Podcast on Facebook. Yep. Request and request membership for that. It is a private group, but we will happily let you in. So somebody asked us, who would play every SEC coach in a movie? And these were fun. These were fun. Do you want me to go first or you want to go first? I want you to go first. I forgot we were doing this. Let's do it. All right. Good to know. Or we could just do that. We could just do the East and we could save the West for next week. You want to do that? Connor, I think that is a fantastic idea. What a great and idea. And I apologize. What a great idea. This is my fault. I do I only had one. Okay, Marler, you are the kid that just showed up to class, totally forgot to do their this homework. My Everybody's passing it in. I'm in the wrong class. All right, so we'll start we'll start off with the East this week. We'll do the West next week. You're the week. man. Thank you, Connor. In the East, 
Florida, Dan Mullen, this is the easiest easiest one in the entire SEC. It's Randy Quaid. Yeah. There's no questions about it. We, we don't even, we've gone into discussion about this so, so much. It's it's not even fair. He knows it. Everybody right. else knows it. Let's move on. I think he brought this it up. This one was tough. Yeah. Oh, he has addressed yeah. it many times. Yeah. Uh, how could you not? It's elephant in the room every time he walks Without in. Without a doubt. Georgia, Kirby Smart. This one was tougher. Frank Caliendo. That's pretty good. He does have some movie credits. And Frank Caliendo looks a little bit like Kirby mm-hmm. Smart. And as we know, Frank Caliendo could do any impression. So he could definitely turn on that accent. Do you remember when he, he in, like in a heartbeat. pretended to be Gruden and called like a a draft prospect, I think. And, and the guy thought it was him, didn't he? Like it was like, <laughs> which is totally messed up. Like you shouldn't, shouldn't ever do that to somebody on the most important day of their life. Mm. But do it more, please, next year. It's like... That would be great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Frank Caliendo definitely could play Kirby in a movie, which, you know, they're going to make a movie about Georgia as soon as they win a national championship, I would assume, right? Yes. Kind of heading in that direction, um, one would think. Our guy, Mark Stoops, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's dark. Remember that he played Art Howe in Moneyball, and he was good. He was darn good Moneyball's in too. that role. Uh, all right, that is okay. Not what I was thinking, but... Mark Stoops would be great, in, or uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman would have been great in that role, just because he kind of looks like he Mark does, Stoops yeah. a little bit. And if he's already, if you've already done the coach thing, the coach temperament, just the little things, like the little sighs, like when Billy Bean would tell him something that he didn't agree right. with, and he'd have to do that, like that huff. I feel like he'd have to kind of flip the switch to be a little bit more fiery to be Mark right. Stoops. But you know, assuming that they're going to make the movie about Kentucky's 2018 season. He would be a great person to get some sort of hologram for. Rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mizzou. This one. Barry Odom. Sir. <laughs> Jason Statham. What in the hell are you talking about? Okay, so this is based a lot on look, not as much on temperament. It should have the, been the, based on temperament. Okay, well, I could see that too. But you'd be surprised how few bald actors, like in their early to mid 40s, there really are. And I'm going to get to uh, that in a couple seconds here with another one that we did. Um, But yeah, I just, I could see the overall look, the kind of the scruff thing that he has going. Not saying Jason Statham is the most talented actor in the world, but he's definitely more your genre than mine. (laughs) Thanks, Connor. I appreciate that. I didn't do the homework assignment, so I deserve that. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, South Carolina, Will Muschamp. Mark Ruffalo, because if he can play the Hulk, he can play Will Muschamp. I I don't disagree with this one. I think it's pretty good. But it's, it, yeah. like, in usually when and I'm doing it right now. But when when Muschamp kind of like stumbles through something he's trying to say, it reminds me of Mark Ruffalo when he's the Hulk. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, just say it, dude. It's gonna be angry. We get it. Yeah, remember remember at SEC Media Days too when Muschamp was like so happy and chipper and like just throwing zingers dude. out there and stuff. And then I, I like even I like kind of tried him on it, and I asked him the question like, "This is a one part question," and he was like, "Oh, I love that!" Right? Like, and he was like, "So like, he was in like such a great mood that day." I bet you within that day he had at least screamed at a puppy. by that afternoon. <laughs> yeah, he had screamed at, at something <laughs> and looked. Like I the didn't Hulk at want some point. fries. I wanted a fruit cup. <laughs> Sir, this is not Chick Fil A. This is an Arby's. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tennessee. This one was this was really best tough. one. This was this is the best one you did. The toughest. Really? Okay. This is the one I spent the most time on. I I googled bald actors galore. <laughs> I, I looked through so many IMDb lists, and I settled on this one. And you're going to be proud of me. Jeremy Pruitt, Bruce Willis, a no BS guy. As as I know yeah. from watching Die Hard, my favorite movie, movie of you're all welcome. time. Bruce Willis does not take flack from anyone, 
and that is Jeremy Pruitt. And they are both bald. And I know that Bruce Willis is older. Now he's in his early 60s. He's not necessarily the same age. There's a 19-year age gap there. But I feel like Bruce Willis actually looks pretty good for his age. Yeah. I feel like he could definitely flip on the accent, no questions asked. And just kind of the overall temperament, I could definitely see Bruce Willis being able to follow in that Jeremy Pruitt path. If the opening scene of Jeremy Pruitt's movie isn't him learning what asparagus is, then I don't even know Without what we're doubt. Yeah, that's the movie. This one... Yeah. <laughs> This one, okay, so I can explain this. Vanderbilt, Derek Mason, Wesley Snipes. As we know, Wesley Snipes has been in several sports movies. Yes. So that's, I think he's been in three. He's just he, Major he was, League, right? No, Major White Man Can't Jump. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big Was one. he even in Major uh, League? Mark, oh, yeah, Willie Mays Hayes. That's, not, that's not Wesley Snipes, is it? Yeah, that's Wesley Snipes in the first one, right? In the first, in the first one, first yes, one, not in the second one. Okay. Yeah. And then the second one, they get somebody else yeah. or something because he was doing um, uh, what's uh, gosh, I'm blanking on the name of the movie right Blade. now. Blade. He's like most famous. Yeah, no, probably whatever. Blade, but yeah, it's fine. We should. He was in another sports movie too, um, with uh, I think he was like Robert De Niro or something like that. It was like the uh, oh, it was the one where he was he was like basically Barry Bonds, and De Niro was like the crazy fan that was trying to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the fan. Yeah. yeah, wasn't that? The yeah, name? that is yeah, the something name. really simple. So he's been in a bunch of sports movies. He could play Derek Mason. They're pretty similar in height too. I think. I think um, Wesley Snipes. Based... I always thought he was over six feet tall. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was smaller because Willie Mays Hayes was you know leadoff hitter, kind of short. This is I'm uncomfortable. I think Willie. I think I think Wesley Snipes was in the second. Well, he was in the second major. He was in the first. Well. I'm I'm going on record. No, I think he was in the first and second because in the second one he tries to hit for power and he can't. That's hit not him. I promise like you. That. I forgot that guy's name because he oh, was maybe. in a lot of good stuff. Okay. He was in uh, right, the program right. too. Same guy. We're terrible at this. The actors' names. I, so are you like I don't know any actors' names. Oh, it's tough. I, it's really Ali. Ali, like, oh, who's that? Is that so and so? And it's like. This three-name person from, that I've never seen before. It's like, oh, they were in a movie on Bravo I saw like in 1987. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's that's how it works with Lauren and I. Okay. That's the same exact thing, except I'm the one that's like, name what movie they're from, and it'll be like a Disney movie yeah. that we watched 15 years ago. <laughs> he was ago in Brink. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, great reference. Yeah, Johnny Tsunami, dude, still, still in my top ten probably. Um, okay, so here's the only one I'll say, and I always say this, and I don't care how it sounds. It's just going to make you mad. I'm, and I do want to apologize. I'm sorry I forgot to do the homework. This was tough. <laughs> Not my best. Joe Moorhead. Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants. How dare he you? He looks just like him. These are actors... Patrick? Patrick could not play him. This is not going to be an animated movie about Mississippi you know State that? football. Um, I, I will, I would, I will I do the West next week. This is my fault. So And... and Feel free to shame me, guys. This is my bad. This you know, is my bad. You know what I always say? Everybody beefs up. I'm man. beefed up. I'm on island time already, obviously. You're beefed up. You are. Uh, before we get to island time and vacation time for us, it might mean too much. I told you we were going to get to this. This is our this is our last beer uh, as the third. This is last call. Uh, third quarter. There it is. It's about to end. We need to go get to the concession stand, get our last beer. Maybe a little a Pinot Grigio. Oh, my God. A little Chardonnay. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're getting our last beer, end of the third quarter. It might mean too much. So everybody knows this by now. Georgia announced before the SEC had lifted the alcohol ban that, oh, we're going to have alcohol available in Sanford Stadium for all of our donors who have given us $25,000 over a five-year period to guarantee that. Um, it's like you have that, – that, that's what gives you the right to purchase alcohol there, and you could only have it in the suites, um, and it's a very exclusive club. It's you can only, it's only in basically do this if you're loaded. Yeah, only in the suites. So 
this is essentially like when baseball teams play like they, they pay the fifty million dollar transfer fee to be able to negotiate yeah. with a player. Um, for like a Japanese player like um, um, uh, Shea Otani or some somebody like that. Uh, Kasuke Fukudome. The Deki Matsui. The the yeah, there you go. Ichiro. Yeah. The guy from Mr. So, Baseball. This is the same thing yeah. as that, as far as I'm concerned. Georgia, come on, man. Like, yeah, what? You had to know the timing was going to come. The timing was not going to help you on this. This is so. This, this makes me so mad because, as I've said a bazillion times, Athens is my favorite college town in the SEC. Um, not saying the other ones aren't great. I just love Athens. And there's 100-plus bars in a three-block radius. And, and as I've told you before, I'm pretty sure my friend, who's going to go remain nameless— I'm pretty sure him and his family are they fit into this category as donors. Like they they have hook, they have a damn bulldog like they have you see around in Athens in their backyard. So Oh, is that the one that was in your profile pic for a yes, while? Yes, exactly. It's a great. Everybody, everybody thought you were yes, a Georgia yeah, fan exactly. because you had that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like uh, this like you already have a damn dog on the sidelines in an air-conditioned doghouse sitting on ice and now you're sitting here being all pretentious with like hoarding all the booze. What kind of medieval times crap is this? I don't like it. You know, as as you talk about Uga, I realize I missed the, those three thirty shots of Uga just chilling, <laughs> just enjoying life. Yes, it's hot, but Uga's got AC, and Uga is in a much better position than everybody that is sitting out. Uga looks at like me just roasting. on the sidelines. Like that, that's exactly how I feel, <laughs> and I'm sure I look like just panting on the sidelines. But you know, you know, and one thing we didn't talk about, we'll say before we sign off here, is one reason this is a good thing. Is that you're gonna have so much more time, like 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 approving the alcohol, not the Georgia part, just approving alcohol in general. Kids are gonna have so much more time to focus on their studies instead of focusing all their their extra time trying to figure out the best way to sneak in alcohol. You're gonna have more money to spend inside the stadium, so you didn't buy some like I, I'm not even gonna tell you the things that I've snuck alcohol into into a stadium. Gross. It's it's Gross. not good. It's not good. Yeah, I, I swear I need that. That, that can of, of laundry detergent. That's that's a super bad <laughs> reference. We've got one five-star review to It's get a good to. one. It's a very good one. Tweeted this out. Um, it, fantastic. This is from Cheap and Lit. As we know, I'm a big Me fan too, of bro. Lit, apparently. Um, subject, thanks, boys. Love the podcast, gentlemen. Look forward to listening to it every week, especially since I'm all the way in Pac-12 country, Oregon. I'm especially a fan of Marler's rap references as I'm 32 and they're dead on the money. Who can't relate to two guys talking football, dodging weddings, and drinking a bit too much? My journey to college football fandom was a long one. Born and raised in Kentucky or in Connecticut, rather, I didn't watch a game until I was 24 years old. Sad to say, I brought some Yankee elitism with me and thought football started and stopped with the NFL. During my time in the army, I was radicalized by my roommates. <laughs> <laughs> who was a rabid Gators fan and slowly started watching the games every Sunday and got hooked on all things college football. Your podcast makes me feel like I'm back down south. Keep up the good work and thanks for everything. And as for the office characters, I'm 100% Stanley. And once in a while, Florida Stanley. Go Gators. I make birds. Well done. Yeah, well that was done. awesome, man. Shout out to Oregon. That was cool. So good. The, the fiance loved that. Also... Pretty cool that Randy Etzel listens to our podcast, so it's great. He's got a lot. He's going to have a lot of time yeah. on his hands, potentially. Uh, Randy Etzel, come come on the show. We'd love to have you. Be a, be a great listen. Make sure that you are joining our Facebook group. Make yeah. sure that you're following us on all forms of social media along with our Facebook group, which, by the way, you're killing it. As I always say, you're killing oh, it on social media. Try right my now. best. It's the off season. Follow us on Twitter. 
Follow us on Twitter at the SDS Pod at C Marler SDS at CJ. Wait, hold on, real quick. Did you see the shout out? Like, I I didn't do it on Twitter because I didn't. It wasn't that kind of crowd. But took a little page out of your book Uh from from social media and posted a picture of Luke P missing that field goal uh, on the Bachelorette last night. There we go. I don't know why that's a page out of my place. Because like the Bachelorette. Go there. Now, now I'm hooked. We 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 both. That's why I said now I'm hooked. Some of us tweet about it a lot, and some of us tweet about it. I tweet about it all the time. But I also will say that I posted it last night, and you know what was crazy? All women responded, and there were no arguments. It was amazing. Yeah. I'm stunned. Yeah. Stunned. Uh, If you do not hear from me next week, that is because I went to the Grand Canyon, and it did not work out so well. Please, thoughts and prayers for me that everything goes okay out there. As we know, there have been a lot of people, like, falling into the canyon and not ending up very well. I'm going to Charleston, so the worst thing that's going to happen to me is Allie will probably make me buy a pair of, like, salmon-colored pants. Hey, we're we're each going through our own things this weekend. But we will be back as usual next week as well. Coach O, you're not on vacation mode. You're, you're back. You're back in the groove. You're going to be celebrating. You're going to be having fans in your stadium that are even more drunk than before. Is that possible? Nah, they drunk all the time. Down here in the boot. Call it the booze. There you go. It might mean too much. Kind of no days off. Talk to you next week. <laughs>